Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Woo! All right. Awesome. So glad to see everyone here in person as I get my space arranged up here. All right. Last week I sat down, and so we had to rearrange everything, so I'm trying to make sure we're uh, back where we should be. Thanks for hanging out with us in person. I, if you're in uh, here in person, make sure you know we've got uh, coffee and we have water everywhere. We have coffee in the cafe as well and hot water. So if you want some hot chocolate or whatever we got, I know it's warm, but hey, maybe you want to be warm inside and out. I don't know. Uh, so make sure that you uh, know that's available. Also, the restrooms are in the cafe space as well. Uh, that direction, if you're again in person, uh, online, or yes, rather online. I hope you're uh, joining us this morning wherever you are, Facebook, YouTube, uh, we're everywhere. So I hope that you're uh, engaging with us this morning. We're going to have a question. So I want you to answer this question too as we get uh, into the message in just a few minutes. So we're going to engage one another in person, and then we're going to engage you online as we uh, talk about brothers and sisters this morning. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. All right? So let's, uh, we're going to have fun with that. So I want you to think about this question before we get to a couple of announcements. One, here, here it is. Here's a question. It's a, couple of, it's a two-parter. Do you have any siblings? All right, so any, and you can tell how many you have, or if you don't want to, that's fine. Just say, I have some. And can you think of one positive experience, all right? We'll, we'll cover the other part later, all right? But what's a positive experience that you've had with your siblings, all right? So think about that in-house, online. Go ahead and answer that. Miss Haley's going to be uh, logging in, and she's going to be helping host you this morning. So she's going to be welcoming you and engaging with you in that process. So uh, again, thank you for being with us. If you're new here in, online, make sure you're liking and loving a comment we've got. Uh, make sure you let us know where he you're here so we can connect with you after their experience. If you're here in person, let us know that too. Say, hey, my first time. Miss uh, Dawn is in the back. She wants to help you out. She's got a nice little lanyard on. She wants to make sure that you're welcomed officially. Uh, and if we can get you anything or point you in the right direction, just let us know. We want to be able to make you as comfortable as possible. I have an awesome experience here this morning. All right, a couple of announcements I want to throw out here for you. One is if you're work with your hands, or if you're good with your hands, or if you just think you are. <laughs> I don't even care if you're really good at it. If you just think, hey, I like working with my hands. Maybe I'm not very talented, but that's all right. Then we want you to be here Saturday, June 26th at 8 a.m., okay? And any, it's gonna be, we're going to be here for a while. So if you can't make it right at 8, that's okay. Uh, but as soon as you can that morning, that Saturday, June 26th, we want to invite you in as we're going to work on a bunch of projects. Uh, we're going to do a big project in the cafe, getting, getting, rid of that, uh, getting that ready for launch. That's going to be uh, in July or August. We haven't set a date yet, but it's getting close. Uh, and then also we have lots of little projects. So if you uh, are good with your hands, again, or maybe just think you are, just come hang out with us Saturday, June 26, 8 a.m. Also, starting today, if you're new and want to fit in here at Faith, you're like, hey, I want to commit. I want to be here. I I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to, to get invested in what we're doing here at Faith Church in Pownall. I want to get you there. Right? I want to help you plug in. And so the easiest way to do that is by joining us for what we call BBT. It's Believer's Basic Training, all right? And I was a Marine, so I just make sure everything's nice and simple. Just basic training. This is the basics of what you need to know to exist, to operate, to be, one, a believer in Jesus, and two, a member or a, just a partner, a cooperative agreement here at Faith as we enter into uh, to, to this relationship with Jesus and a relationship with each other together. So I want to encourage you to stick around. If you, that's you and you're like, man, I, I want to connect in that way, then hang out with us, all right? Stay with us today. It's going to be three, uh, three sessions. They're each about an hour, and they are uh, for the next three weeks, all right? If you can't do that today, like, man, this next week and the week after is booked up, July 11th, 18th, and 25th is the dates for you, okay? All right? So if you can't do today, hang around and tell me, hey, after the experience, Pastor, I really want to get connected. 
I can be here July 11th, 18th, and 25th, all right? Just make sure you know that's there. We want to welcome you in. We want to get you better integrated. And uh, one of the beautiful things about that process is to see how you bring something unique. We talk about this all the time, or I try to. I should do it more, maybe. Uh, we talk about how every person has been gifted with this just special, unique talent, and it's so awesome to see how it gets fit together in this big puzzle we call church, right? Uh, because each of you has something to contribute. It's not just to warm a seat on a Sunday. It's to be involved and active and, and engaging one another, and so we can't wait to do that with you. All right, a couple of different ways we're going to do that beyond BBT is Faith Summer of Fun. we got a whole calendar list of stuff that we're going to try to accomplish this, uh, this whole summer. All right, we've got lots of fun things, but I want to highlight one this week, and it's a paddle and a picnic, because that is this coming Saturday, all right? So if you like to be on the water, you like to paddle, you like to just even float in a floaty, I don't care what you do. Maybe you like to swim. Maybe you can, depending on the water level, you might could walk the Hoosick River from Williamstown to here. So if you just like to be around water, uh, know that we can want to accommodate you and we want to, to be and do with you on Saturday. So we're going to paddle. Here's, here's how this process is going to work. We're going to start in Williamstown. All right, and I'll give you the exact location in just uh, after the experience is over if you're interested. All right, we're going to start in Williamstown, and we're going to float from there down to here, literally an eighth of a mile from this church to the bridge, and we're going to pop out there, and uh, it's going to take about, an, depending on water level, hour and a half, roughly, maybe two hours. It depends on how low it is. Might be getting out and pushing. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have fun while we do it. And uh, then we're going to carry our boats up here, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to have some lunch together, all right? Now, maybe you don't like the water, or maybe you're like, eh, I'd rather not paddle that day. Maybe I got something else going on that morning, uh, but say, hey, I don't want to do that. But I'd love to come eat, all right? So we're going to do that too. So if paddling starts at 10, and then if you want to come eat, that's going to be around between 11.30 and noon. And uh, we're going to have sandwiches, chips, and drinks, and we're going to have a couple of tables set up. And I want to encourage you, if you're here for the picnic part, to bring camping gear or bring your seats, uh, bring whatever it is you normally have to have a picnic and wherever you go, okay? Assuming there's no tables. Tables will be limited, so I want you to make sure you bring whatever you need to be comfortable to eat a sandwich and some chips and a soda, right? Just hang out together, because that's what it's about. It's about hanging out together and experiencing this uh, time together, enjoying this beautiful, hopefully, Saturday together. The weather looking good so far. All right, so let's hope it holds out. Uh, so there we go. So 10 o'clock paddle. And I'll, again, I'll give you the info where that's going to start exactly. And then from 1130-ish, it's a floating time there for the picnic. As the boaters come off, we're, we're going to come off the water and come up and eat when we're done. And you'll have it long that takes. And if you're not uh, floating, then you can just come and hang out around 1130. We'll have everything set up and ready to go. And we'll have a great time together. So around 10 a.m. to around 1 p.m.-ish, all right? There's no set time on that. It's just kind of a floating time for you. Don't feel obligated to stick around. But share that time together. I want to encourage that. we got lots of other activities planned. We'll highlight those next week. But remember, that's what's coming up. Also, hey, I don't say maybe you don't have a boat, but you want to paddle. I do want to highlight this because I was told this morning we have extra boats. Yes, thank you. Uh, so if you're like, ah, I want a boat, never kayak before. This is a great river to start on. It's an easy paddle. It's not complicated uh, at all, and it's got a little rapids here and there, which makes it a little more interesting. So maybe you want to try it out for the first time. we got an extra boat for you if you want to do that. So make sure that you know that's available. Don't let that be a barrier. There's no barriers. If you want to do it, do it. If you want to invite someone, invite someone in, okay? Make sure you share that together, all right? So I want to encourage you to do that. All right, speaking of sharing, we want to make sure you know if you're in need. Every single week we offer this. We want to present this to you. 
hey, maybe something's going on in your life and things went sideways and now you're uh, you know, behind on rent or you know, the electric bill's due and it's like, wait, dude, wait, because you know, things are going up all the time. And so maybe you're in need. Uh, we want to make sure you know we're available to help you. Faith Church, uh, one of the third, third or fourth things we're values, one of our values at church here is generosity. And so we want to give everything we have as Jesus has given all to us. We want to practice that in a very real and practical way and meet that need in your life, all right? So let us know. You can call us at 802 802- 823-7828, or you can contact us on Facebook, Faith Church VT. You can contact us on our website, faithchurchvt.com. Uh, you can do a whole bunch of ways to get up with us. So just make sure you do. We want to connect and help you where you're at, all right? Uh, if you're here and you want to be generous, we offer lots of different ways. Again, Saturday to work, uh, that's a talent giving. Um, uh, just time, we're going to do that next Saturday uh, as well, but also for giving financially. We have baskets here in, in the back, so before you leave, if you feel like, led, hey, I want to be generous. God has blessed me. I want to bless this community. It's not giving to us. It's giving it back out to the community around us. Uh, know that these are available. Also know a really easy way, really convenient way, I do this, really safe and secure way, is faithchurchvt.com. You press the give button, and you do it all electronically. It's so easy. You can do recurring giving. It's just a really quick and easy format that makes it super simple to give without having to be like, oh, I totally forgot today, right? It's just really, really convenient. So I want to highlight that if that's you this morning. Okay, that's all I've got. So let's go back to this question. Let's have some fun with it this morning. Hopefully you're ready to talk. Everybody ready to talk? I'm tired of talking already. I've got a long ways to go. You ready? All right, help me out here then. All right, online, make sure you're answering this question too. We're going to get to you in just a minute, and Rich is going to do a fantastic job helping as he always does in-house. We do this because... People online can't hear us, they can just hear me, and so we want to make sure everybody can hear you guys as well. And so uh, here's the question, do you have any siblings, and can you think of one positive sibling experience anybody would want to start this morning? Break the ice for me. There we go, two in the back already, we're two, two, one for two, perfect. I got three sisters, and uh, when I was on my Middle East vacation, <laughs> they supported me with, uh, uh, you know, care packages, mm. prayer, just trying to make me feel, you know, give me the stuff that... You know, I didn't have right, awesome. which was which was awesome because yeah. I thought they hated me. <laughs> you know? Okay, all right, awesome. Thank you so much, Walt. Appreciate that. What you got, Miss Dawn? So I have five brothers and two sisters, and one of the most positive things about our family is that we're just so close and we're always there for each other. Mm. And I don't know where we would be with all the things that have gone on in life if we didn't have each other. Awesome. Very cool. Sharing life together, being there for each other. Fantastic. Anybody else? Siblings? You can say how many if you want and just one positive experience. Brian in the back. Got uh, two brothers, two sisters, and... uh, when my dad was still alive, but it was in older years, we uh, started going uh, to a Father's Day camping trip every year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Very nice. Sharing that time with dad and yeah. Father's Day experience. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Very cool. All right. Anyone else? That's good. Here we go in the front. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Rob. Just excited to be here. My siblings are all here. My awesome. sister, Kathy. Right here, <laughs> Kathy Ryder, my brother Jimmy, and my brother Phil. Nice. Um, and we are just excited to be here. We've heard so many positive things about your church. Oh, and my wife, Linda. She's not a sibling, but That's she's okay. my wife. That's close enough. <laughs> yes. Hopefully not, right? That yeah, exactly. Yes. 
<laughs> but we are just um, blessed to be here. And my, the positive thing is that we are all walking in the faith. I could tell awesome. you about childhood experiences, one I'm after sure. the other, but the fact that Jesus Christ is central in our life awesome. is the number one thing. Very cool. Our siblings. Awesome. Very cool. And totally didn't plan this, by the way. So whenever uh, they, I got notified, hey, I got family coming in, I was like, oh, that's, we're doing brothers. I didn't even tell you that we're doing brothers and sisters this week. So I was like, well, that's a God thing. That worked out. Pretty cool, huh? All right. Anyone else in-house before we go online? If you, if you, maybe you get the nerve up in a minute. Miss Haley, if you have anything online to give us, she's over here. I can't see her. That's okay. We just can walk to her, though. I have... Uh... Roger Pope, but it's your it's uh, Jason's mom in disguise. Um, she says, Brian and I talk every day. Every day is an experience with that nut. Miss um, Jan says, one brother younger held his hand at Catskill Game Farm so he wouldn't get lost. Um, I, <laughs> I have a younger brother, JR, and a younger sister, Krista. And a blessing for JR is he lives three hours away. I think it's more of a blessing to him. Um, <laughs> but... Um, in seriousness, we vent for each, as as uh, growing up, we we really kind of fought like cats and dogs. But now that we're adults, we all get along very well. You know, we cha- we swap parenting advice. Me and my sister with our kids, and mm-hmm. my brother and his dogs, and um, we all can make each other laugh. There's inside jokes, laughter, and humor is a huge thing for us. Mm-hmm. So there's inside jokes, there's laughter. Every time the three of us are together, there's there's laughter all the time. Awesome. Very cool. I, I got the privilege of meeting uh, your brother and sister-in-law. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, right? And that, they were great. They were great folks. So it was so, such a pleasure to, uh, to be able to officially meet them. So awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Anybody in-house before we... All right. We're going to have one more in a little bit, Rich, so just be ready to, to jump. But you got a, you got a couple minutes. So all right, you're fast. You're, you're a quick mover. I don't have to worry about you. All right, here we go. So as you might have guessed, and we, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about siblings today, brothers and sisters, because we are in part five or week five of our Family Matters series. So for the past four weeks, we've talked about, one, how God has designed uh, us to be like him in that we have facets of his character and in that we're highly relational. So a couple of weeks ago, we explored how God designed women. That was fun. I had a lot of time doing that. My wife got to be up here. And last week, we answered the question, why kids, right? And we talked about that. So if you missed that, check out YouTube. It's there. Uh, we had help from our kids here at Faith, which is such a, such a fun experience. So uh, I enjoyed that time. And you may remember when we did that, that when we had the kids up here, at one point we had three girls up here, all right? Maybe you remember, if you didn't watch this, go back and watch it. I can't remember, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> all right? There were, there were three girls sitting here, and they made an interesting comment about what made them mad. We're talking about anger briefly, and we said, all right, what makes you mad? And all three of them said one thing made them mad. Do you remember what it was, if you watched, or were here? Brother, everybody remembers that. All right, good, yeah. Brothers, all of them <laughs> said, brothers make me angry, right? So... How fitting, how fitting, right, that we have, uh, <laughs> that we talk about brothers and sisters this morning. Now, I don't have special guests with me today, unfortunately, or someone to come up after, so you guys are my special guests, right? As we did it this morning, we're going to start with you, and we're going to get back to you in just a minute uh, as we look at the sibling experience from our point of view, right? So you guys started it all talking about the positives, and there are lots of good things, lots of excellent things about brothers and sisters. Uh, I looked up a whole bunch of stuff this week, so I'm going to throw a lot of stuff at you. One interesting study I found, it was a longitudinal study that started in 1930 and went to 2011. It followed 300 men 
And what they found was that 93% of them who were thriving, not just like, oh, they're just kind of living, but really doing well in life at the age of 65, had been close to a sibling in their early life. Fascinating. Another study I found uh, found a link that suggested that having more siblings actually reduces the likelihood of divorce. That's crazy. So maybe if you're from a large family, maybe you have less likely chance. I don't know what the percentages were, but it just maybe reduces that. And what that really reinforces is that this relationship is important in a real and powerful way, right? These people are going to be the only ones, probably, that are with us from the beginning of our lives, prayerfully all the way to the end, or at least close, right? They're one of the greatest influences of our development and our mental health. Which kind of leads us to the other side of the equation, and Rich is going to help us out here again. So this is a spur of the moment, so just answer online, think in person. Because I know, and we just talked about it, a couple of you mentioned in passing, that brothers and sisters aren't always sunshine and rainbows, are they? It's not always, oh, this is the best relationship. Me and my sister are just best friends. It's great. My brothers are just awesome. We always hang out together. That's not it, is it? If we're being real, we're being real this morning, that's, that's not it at all. The ones we're often uh, closest to are usually the ones we have the harshest disagreements with, aren't they? Usually. So help me out again this morning. Can you think of one annoying thing or one frustrating thing you've experienced with a sibling? Or, hey, maybe you're the annoying or frustrating one, and what's one thing you did to them, all right? So maybe you don't want to tattle this morning, all right? Now, see, let me clarify this, because I've got lots of kids. Lots. i got seven of them. And uh, I was thinking through this, this message, and every day there was an interaction between brother or sister or brother and brother. Uh, the, every, every five minutes there was an interaction. Uh, there was some conflict that had to be resolved. So I know, I know, I know, I know, if you're being honest with me this morning, that there's frustrating things and there's annoying things that maybe you don't want to tattle. So tattle on yourself. What's the frustrating or annoying thing you did to your brother or sister? Anybody want to volunteer that information first? Hey, back in the back, Ms. Dawn's going to start us off again. So I think I might be the annoying one. Um, <laughs> I think in song. So if a song pops into my head during a conversation, I'll start singing it. And my sister Carrie is constantly telling me, stop, Don, that's enough. You don't have to go any further. But I have to complete the song. <laughs> singing, uh, yes, that would be irritating. Mm, okay, all right, anyone else? <laughs> What's that annoying thing? Here we go, Marina up front. I had a brother, he passed away seven years ago. Mm. He was six years older, but he used to make model cars. Mm. So, and he'd all paint them all up, and they looked oh, yeah. great, and they even rolled. So when the steamroller was coming in front of paving the road, I rolled one out, and <laughs> that was it. Oh. He wasn't happy. <laughs> no, well, that's a shock, right? It was yeah. annoying to him, and it, it really was annoying to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it. I got it. him back, you know. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's a good one. Anyone else? Oh, here in the back. There we go. I'll feel free to open up. It's okay. That's what it's about. It's all right. I'm the oldest of four kids, oh. and my personality, I'm very in charge of everything. Like, mm. that's my goal in terms of being at home. Um, but giving the, my siblings a chance to do stuff or make them do things is what you're supposed to do. This is how it's going. And I hear from my mother, stop it. You're not the mother. And then my siblings are so like, you need to be quiet. Let me do my thing. I'm like, no, no, that's not allowed. I think I've you told. You do the dishes. There we go. 
That's awesome. I'm pretty sure I've told all of my kids at one point, you're not the parent. That's, that's been said several times. So yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. All right. Anybody else want annoying or frustrating thing that's happened to you? Hey, we got more. We got three or four. That's great. We'll keep it going. There's no rush. I have one older brother, and my parents used to send us to the store when we were kids, mm-hmm. just the two of us, mm-hmm. and he always walked because I was the younger and I was a girl. Mm-hmm. He would always walk 30 feet in front of me and ignore me. You didn't want to be with Okay. Yes. It was very annoying. <laughs> Your second-class citizen hanging out in the back. You don't get to walk with the front. All right, do we have two up here, Rich? Oh, okay. Two up here, then we'll get back to walk. <clears throat> I had three um, sisters growing up, and one sister, if we all got a treat, she would savor hers, and we would gobble ours up, and then she would just like hold it in front of our face. You ate yours. I got mine. And she still prides herself in that today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go up front. Miss Jen's got one. Um, well, I have two brothers, and they are twins, and I was an angel growing up. <laughs> and they used to wrestle all the time, ah, yes. and they wore eyeglasses. Okay. And they broke their eyeglasses so often that the optical shop in town had extras on hand for when they broke their glasses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Yes. That's some high cap. Maybe should have the glasses off first. I don't know. That's spur of the moment, right? <laughs> right. Well, it was in the back. I think he's got one. The, the sisters that he thought hated him, so he's got to have one. I'm going to tell this on Sharon. She's not here. To oh, okay, good. Out. All right. That's perfect. Her brother Jesse come home on leave. And went out with his friends, and she took his motorcycle and took it for a ride. Mm. It annoyed him so badly that when he found out, he took it apart and put it in a box. (laughs) (laughs) And it's still there today. (laughs) Wow, that's intense. (laughs) Man, yeah, geez, holy smokes. Wow, that's a lot of work to go to. All right, Miss Becky up front. Goodness gracious. I should probably say, first of all, that I have four siblings, and we're all in a, I don't know, maybe 12-mile radius of each other, so that's a super big blessing. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to think. I was the youngest kid for 10 years, and I'm sure I was very annoying when my younger sister came after those 10 years, so <laughs> sorry, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was a total blessing. I had no problem with her at all. <laughs> all right, anybody else? Those are all great. Anyone else is a close-up? Miss Haley, do we have anything online before we wrap it up? I want to miss out on you guys. I always try to encourage online because, hey, you guys are just as much of the experience as anyone sitting here. It's different, but it's still, you know, we can still relate to each other. So what do we got, Miss Haley? Um, I got Jay Dominey thumping one another's ears. Uh, Zoe Johnson, I have one younger sister, and she loves to drive me crazy. Mm. She loves to take my things that are not hers, and, yeah, she's very annoying. And the most annoying thing about my siblings is my brother lives three hours away, and I can't see him more. <laughs> so you can't annoy each other more. Okay. <laughs> or love each other more, whatever you want to phrase it. Very good. All right. Awesome. That sibling bond is complex, isn't it? It's really complex. It's really complex. It's a unique experience. It's a shared experience that one minute can be intimate and loving and caring, and the next can be full of just frustration, resentment. And many of our family relationships, but especially brothers and sisters, can be marked with some bad things, right? You can have jealousy. You can have rivalry. You can have arguments. You can have fallouts, Right? You can have bitterness that comes from that. As all the studies that I looked at, they they had all these positive components, but there were a lot of negative components too. One psychologist said uh, this, though. He said that parents give us a sense of stability and security in a good home, but siblings give us opportunities to deal with conflict. 
Is that true? You found that to be true? You can just say, yeah, shake your head maybe. Yeah, I, I think that's true. As a matter of fact, one study found a correlation between conflict resolution styles between siblings and conflict resolution styles in dating and marriage. All right? So in other words, if you avoided the inevitable conflict between your brother or sister, you're likely to do the same thing in your dating life or married life. Same study found that healthy adults had good relationship with their siblings. They also found out that poor relationships with siblings before the age of 20 could be a predictor of depression later in life. Interesting, huh? Interesting. So our life experience shows us, studies show us, that these relationships are complex and often complicated, and they provide this unique bond that we can't find anywhere else that can uh, oftentimes make us feel ways we never could feel in any other relationships and other ways make us frustrated and angry and jealous and, and have rivals in a way we couldn't in any other relationship as well. But as we've been through this series, we focused our intent on, okay, that's what we've experienced, but what is God's design? What's the purpose? What's the point? What's the plan that he gave us, right? Not that we think we should do, or not what a study says, but what is his intent for us? So we're going to look at three sets of biblical siblings in very, very brief, all right? Because we want to get to the, the, the last one that's going to be so important. But we're going to hit these three up, and we're going to look at what does the Bible say about brothers and sisters, Okay. This is pretty challenging for me, so I'm gonna, we're going to hit these three, and we're going to see what the Bible says and what God's intent is. So we're going to start out in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. Now, I'm only going to give you online or up here, if you're in person, verses 8 through 10. So just listen up till we get there, and then you can read along to the very key part I want us to focus in on. We're going to hit them briefly, okay? Now, Genesis 4:10. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And here's eight. It should be up on the screen for you. Here's what happened. God speaks to Cain. Cain's got to sort this stuff out. Here's how Cain sorts it out. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in a field, in other words, he said, Come over here, Cain. Let's chat for a minute. When they were in a field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Very first brothers, and we're not off to a great start, right? We're not off to a great start at all. Now, we don't get their full. Is dead. Can you give me two? Yeah, thank you, Rich. Appreciate that. All right. It's only going to last a second. I'll try to keep going until we get to... They are AA batteries. Thank you very much. Hopefully we have some. If not, we got other problems. All right, we'll figure it out. We can use the, I can use the handheld mic if we have to. All right. Cain killed Abel. I killed the batteries. We'll get it figured out. There we go.
<laughs> there we go. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Let's get back to it. Can't kill Abel. Bad start. Just like this microphone. All right. So here we go. The relationship that Cain and Abel had, maybe they got along most of the time. We don't know. We're not given the full story. But their relationship is defined by their conflict and by Cain's response to it. The proud older brother, maybe you can relate to this, older brothers or sisters, trying to please God, trying to please maybe even his parents. We don't know here. And then you have the tag-along, copycat, younger brother, imitating him, probably irritating him, right? So when the older doesn't get the approval he seeks, what does he do? He responds with jealousy, with anger, and ultimately with murder. Now clearly, based on God's response, this isn't what he designed this relationship to be like. So let's look at example number two. We're going to move past the, the, the killing and we'll see what's, what else the Bible has for us, right? Genesis 25, 24 through 28. And I'm going to give you just a portion of this as well. So just listen in. Imagine the scenario, right? We've got a family again. Got a mom about to give birth. So Genesis 25, verse 24 starts this. When her days, and her is Rebecca, when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. And afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. We'll find out why in a minute. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, right? Man of the field. While Jacob, he was quiet, dwelling in tents. Isaac, the dad, loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah, the mom, loved Jacob. And they all lived happily ever after, right? They can't nothing be wrong with this scenario, right? <laughs> the parents' favoritism never turns out bad, right? That can't be true. No, it did turn out bad. The story goes on to say that before their father Jacob, uh, father Isaac died, Jacob, whose name means deceiver, which is what that him holding on to Esau's heel like he was tripping him up, even coming out of the womb, uh, had help from his mother to trick their father into giving Jacob the blessing and the inheritance that was supposed to go to the firstborn, was supposed to go to Esau. Naturally, Esau's furious, and I got the verse up here for you for that. It's verse 41 of chapter 27. It says, Now Esau hated, hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. In other words, he's, we're going we're to mourn my dad's passing. And when that time's over, then I will kill my brother Jacob. I think we're beginning to see a pattern, right? We're getting a pattern here. The younger brother being favored over the older brother. This time, the, the younger goes a step further and steals what belongs to the older. Now, how does the older respond? Jealousy, anger, and a rivalry develops here, right? Esau intends to kill Jacob because of this. As you read the rest of the story, you find out that Jacob runs away, right? He's not, a, he's not an idiot. He realizes that Esau's brother is going to kill him, and he legitimately means it. So he runs away, and so we don't have death, but we do have division. We have a family split because of this, this rivalry, this jealousy, this anger, this hatred, this conflict. Let's look at example number three, Luke 10, 38 through 42. This is in the time of Jesus, so we're fast-forwarding in the biblical timeline a ways, way down the road. Here we are in ancient Israel with Jesus and his followers, and it says this in verse 38. He says, now as they went on their way, meaning this great crowd that followed Jesus around everywhere because he was like a rock star, right? Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. And Mary sat at the Lord's feet 
and listened to his teaching. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted, (laughs) was distracted with much, much serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Maybe some of that boss thing we're talking about, right? We talked about that briefly, right? The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled about many, many, many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So we have two brothers, and then two more brothers, and now we have two sisters. You maybe can imagine Martha's frustration here with her sister, Mary. Martha, likely the older sister, has invited the most famous person around to come to her house, all right? Big, big, big deal, right? So the house needs to be cleaned, food needs to be prepped, serving needs to happen, and not just to Jesus, but to everybody in the whole party, right? So you got at least 12 other guys hanging out with Jesus, and you probably got other guys hanging out with them, and probably some women and children, and it's this big, giant crowd. And Martha's inviting in, like, a, a big, huge group, this whole entourage, Right? This is Jesus' rock star entourage coming into her home. And so she's busy. She's trying to be this great host, which is what we should be. Hospitality is one of our key values, right? She's probably, at this point, asked Mary, who's the younger sister in the house with her, hey, Mary, you're part of my family. This is our home. We need to host together, right? She's probably, hey, why don't you pitch in? Maybe she's strongly implied, <laughs> right? Mary, needs you in the kitchen, right? Hey, Mary, needs you to get these, these drinks. And what is Mary doing? Nothing, <laughs> seemingly, right? To Martha's point of view, nothing. She's just hanging out. She's just sitting down, chilling out at the feet of Jesus. Wow, that's got to be a complete waste of time. If you're a good host, you're serving, you're helping, you're pitching in. So every time she fills a glass, every time she washes a dish, she has to pass by a little sis just chilling out with Jesus like she's got nothing better to do. So being the older sister, Martha may have had the reputation that a lot of older sisters get, and we've spoke up. She was probably pretty outspoken. And maybe, maybe a little bossy, right? And she takes this bossiness and this outspokenness to a pretty extreme level here, right? Because uh, she's being a great host. She's hosting, she's serving, she's loving, she's prepping, she's doing all the great things that she should do. But she takes this, she, she's, got, she's frustrated. You can feel this in Martha. You can see it through the text, right? Martha is angry. She's mad. She's just ticked off that, this, that her sister's not doing anything. And so she gets it in her mind. She's going to fix this. So instead of walking up to Jesus and saying, hey, it's so great having you, Jesus. My sister, I really need Mary in the kitchen with me for just a minute. Can I, can I borrow her for just a sec, right? And just really be polite and, and really just make it a nice, smooth experience. But what did she do? What did she do? She didn't ask for her to be excused. She went up to Jesus and said, tell my sister what to do. Tell her she needs to be doing what I think she needs to be doing, Right? <laughs> She's telling Jesus this. She's not even telling Mary. She didn't say, hey, sorry, just just one minute, Jesus. Mary, get up. I need you in the kitchen. No, she said, Jesus, tell her to get her rear end up. Get in the kitchen and help me right now. That's bold, right? That's extreme. That's, that's, That's boss to a whole new level of boss, right? Being the older sister was a big responsibility. A lot of pressure. A lot of anxiety, I'm sure. She's telling Jesus what to do. Now, it's not recorded, right, if Martha wants to kill Mary, right? We've had two instances of that already. Frustration, anger, hate, 
murder eventually follows. But I don't think Mary was at the top of Martha's Christmas list. I'm pretty sure she's not, right? There's some resentment building in here. So the pattern continues. Sibling jealousy, anger, frustration, that the younger's getting the approval, right? Mary was approved by Jesus, not, not admonished, not saying, oh, you're right, Martha, she should be helping. Get up, Mary, help, help your sister. Jesus said, she's doing what you're supposed to be doing. So the younger gets the approval that the older wants. Three times in a row now. Three times. Three times anger, frustration, jealousy. The younger's getting the approval. And we got some really poor conflict resolution <laughs> and some division in the family as a result. I think this looks a lot like our normal lives, right? Our experience that we shared earlier this morning. But these examples are clearly not what God intended, right? He said, be fruitful. He said, multiply. He said, grow, teach, create in unity, not division. Each member serving the other, sharing experience together. That's what God's intent was. Matter of fact, Psalm 133, 1 through 3 says, Behold, how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell in unity, not in division, as we've seen three times over, it's like the precious oil of, on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which was a mountain, right? It falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Life forevermore from what? When brothers and sisters dwell in unity. How pleasant is it? Being unified of the same mind of goal and purpose is like expensive oil being poured out on you. You're being richly blessed. You're being approved. It's like dew in the desert. It's the blessing of life. But our experience in this pattern we've seen three times over show the opposite of that occurs. Instead of unity in life, it's division and death. And what we see, the pattern of the Bible and the pattern of our lives, shows us, in most cases, that we need a pattern breaker. Right? We need something to reset our cycle. And that's exactly what God provides. Hebrews 2, 9 through 11. It's going to be up on the screen. We got a lot, I'm throwing lots of scripture at you this morning, which is a good thing. Just soak it up. Hebrews 2, 9 through 11. It's going to be up here on the screen. It says, But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Verse 10 says, For it is fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. And this is the important part, don't miss this. That is why he is not, meaning Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brothers. Siblings. The Bible gives us many ways of seeing Jesus. We have Jesus as God in flesh, right? We have Jesus as Messiah. We have Jesus as Redeemer. We have Jesus as King, as Son of God. But here, what does it say? He says he's our brother. He's our older brother. The pattern we have seen so far in sibling rivalry, right? We have the younger being favored, the younger being accepted, the older left frustrated, left angry, left bitter, maybe plotting revenge or murder if it goes to the extreme. But here in Jesus, we have the pattern breaker. Here in Jesus, we have the elder brother. 
not standing in the way of the younger, but making a way for him and her. He doesn't demand his inheritance, but freely gives it away. He doesn't look down on his siblings and seeks their death, but instead willingly lowers himself and dies in our place. He doesn't run from the pain and the suffering that we experience or seek to make it worse, driving the wedge further apart between God the Father and us. But he enters into the suffering, our suffering, not his. He willingly takes on our suffering for our sake to rescue us from the pattern of division and death and in so doing, breathes in life, new life, in unity. By living for us, by dying in our place, by being raised to new life, he welcomes us home to a new family. And I mean that in a very literal sense. I want to make sure we clarify that. That is not some spiritual metaphor, right? That is not some metaphysical activity. I don't know how you categorize this, but this is a very literal act. Meaning, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he then, when you accept him, enters into you in a very real and powerful way and begins a transformation process. You are reborn. You are welcomed in, literally, to this new place. You're given this new identity, a brother and sister of and in Jesus. The broken patterns of our sibling relationships no longer has the power to define us and no longer has the power to influence us to stay in that cycle of frustration, of anger, of bitterness, of rivalry. We're broken free, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done for us in our place. In Jesus, we have the perfect brother, not lording over us, not bossing us around, but loving on us and empowering us to do the exact same thing in our earthly family. So how should our new identity in Christ lead us to relate to our current brothers and sisters, right? Because it should. Your identity, who you've now become in Christ when you accept and believe and follow him, changes everything and should change your actions, every single action. If nothing else in our society tells you anything, our, our society tells us this, and I believe it's true, that if you believe strongly in who you are, you will act on that belief. If you believe strongly enough that you are a Christ follower and that you understand that you are now one in Christ, you were reborn a new creation in him, you will act differently as a result. And so how should we act? How then should we live? Is a question that often gets posed. We're going to look at three ways very, very briefly because I don't want to hold you up. How does Jesus be our older brother? This This is our model. This is our imitation. One, love sacrificially. Love sacrificially. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he, meaning Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now, John here is writing about brothers and sisters in Jesus, spiritual brothers like church. However, it equates to family as well. Just as Jesus willingly gave his life and entered into our suffering, we should love our siblings the same way. Should. If we're in Christ. True love is costly. It's costly. If it's not costing you something, you're not living it or loving like Jesus. 
So when we're loving sacrificially for our brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean doing things that we like to do or are good at doing. All right? Because I think sometimes we think that's what sacrificing is. Uh, so I give up a little bit of my time or my attention, but I'm doing something I like to do. That's not sacrifice. Not really. Not in, not in the sense of, of Christ. What means here, what, what loving sacrificially for our brothers and sisters means is being willing to do even what we hate or rather avoid. That's loving sacrificially. Now, this doesn't have to be dramatic. I don't mean you literally have to die for your brother or sister, right? I don't think. Maybe it'll come to that at some point. I don't think that's going to be the case. It it may mean something extreme as as donating an organ, so part of you can literally be a part of them. But I think it really, in a very uh, simple and practical way, we look at the day-to-day things that we need to do, and often it's just giving time and attention. It's giving time and attention. And I get it. It's hard. Because for older adults, especially with families of our own, life's busy, right? I barely have time to speak with my own wife and kids, and, and, and I, I don't, I've heard this phrase that I just have to find some time. You can't find time, right? I don't think time is some massive treasure hunt that you can go digging around your house and be like, ah, I got an extra hour today. Awesome, where was that? You found it in my pockets, right? It got so tossed in the wash. Awesome. That'd be great, but that's not going to happen. You have to make time. You have to be willing to give up your time for them. That may be as simple as spending an hour on the phone or over FaceTime, whatever that is. But when you do that, what I want you to do is take the next step that Jesus did, another way of loving sacrificially, is actually taking time to listen to each other and not just get an update. How you doing? Oh, kids are good. Wife's good. Work's good. Oh, awesome. Great. I'm done with that. Check that off my list today. Family's great. Moving on. Actually attending to them, listening to them. How was your day in a very real and practical way, right? Ecclesiastes 3.7, I said this on the prayer meeting post. encourage you to be with us at prayer meeting Thursday, 6.30. All right, I said this here because I love it. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, there's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. In other words, older brothers or sisters, there's a time to give your great and wise advice. But there's other times when you've got to know when to just shut up and listen, right? That's it. And younger brothers and sisters, too. It goes both ways goes both ways. Love sacrificially. Two, and you're going to love this one because you might have already been doing it. Maybe. Be condescending. Be condescending. Anybody here can do that? Can y'all be condescending? I can. I'm good at it. <laughs> right? I'm good at being condescending. Right? I can do this. But I don't mean condescending in our modern sense. Right? But in the biblical sense. Philippians 2, 5-7 through 7 says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The word emptied there is kenosis in Greek, which can be translated as condescend, meaning, in the very literal way, to willingly give up a high position and take up a lower one. You'll see, maybe you've done this, maybe you've been there. I had to look up look this up. But when attending a disability etiquette training, able-bodied people right, are told to lower themselves to the same level as those who are physically disabled. Maybe they're in wheelchairs or whatever way that forces them not to be able to, to stand upright. And instead of trying to find a way to, to pump up their wheelchair to make them on your level, they say, hey, get down on their level. Get down on the level. Not to patronize them, but to condescend, to, to make both parties 
equal. That's what that does. It's a symbolic representation. It's saying, hey, I, I'm going to lower myself. In doing so, raise you up, metaphorically, right? That's condescending. That's what that means. But not on the patronizing kind, right? Jesus lowered himself to our level to the point of death on the cross so that when he rose again, we who were low, right, lower than him, would be taken to new heights we could never attain on our own. That's condescending, biblically. Paul phrases it a different way in verse 3. He says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That's it. For brothers and sisters, it's easy for us to look at each other and see one as more favored or more gifted. Well, Dad always loved you more. Mom always gave you the special treats, right? You always got more time. We look at each other and see inequality. So it's helpful, necessary even, to imitate Jesus in this manner, right? No matter our ability, age, or status, we're to imitate him and counting them, brothers or sisters, as more important than us. That's what Paul says. Actively demonstrating that by several ways. How do you talk to each other, right? Or asking more and demanding less or being willing to help break down those dividing walls that we so quickly build up in our lives, right? And love the playing field of the relationship. So love sacrificially, be condescending, and third, make peace. This is a hard one, but oh, so necessary. Colossians 1.20. It's up here, I think, hopefully. Purpose of Jesus coming. He lowered himself, he died on the cross, he rescued us. But he says it does this, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. You see, Jesus was a peacemaker. A peacemaker. Now, you may remember from a few weeks back that this doesn't mean he makes things calm. Jesus is so calm. That's not what it means. It means he makes things whole, right? It means reconciliation. It means unity. It means stitching us back together. And that's what he accomplished on the cross. So in our new identity as brother and sister, we're called to do the same. It's as simple as that. We have no excuse, <laughs> right? Many of us, I'm sure, have had disagreements with our siblings. Anybody here argue with your siblings? Yeah. Anybody here had a knockdown drag out? I'm ready to get out of this house because I can't stand you anymore argument? Yes. Anybody live hours away, Haley? Yes, right? Maybe willingly, maybe not willingly, whatever, right? We're apart. Sometimes by choice, sometimes not. But we do this. We do this. We have disagreements. Whether it's over choice of spouse, especially as older adults, maybe it's division over spouse, maybe parenting style, maybe politics. The list is endless. It doesn't really matter what it is, but there's always something there that's going to create tension, going to create conflict, and we seek division instead of peace, right? Often, maybe time passes, maybe we get over it. Maybe we agree to disagree, or maybe we just avoid the topic when we're around each other. But as new siblings in Jesus, we have the ability and we have the calling. To not just avoid conflict or keep peace, because there's a difference here. Not just to avoid conflict, not just to keep peace, but to actually make peace. Seek reconciliation. Stitch the fabric of the family back together. This may be the hardest of the three. Not everyone has a great relationship. 
Maybe you push some things under the rug, right? Or maybe you're just in open rebellion against one another. A lot of people are divided, and brothers and sisters. And you just live with it. You say, they live their life, I live my life, it's okay. We don't have to love and like each other. That would be true until you believe, accept, and follow Christ. And now, you're without excuse, right? So if you said before, ah, I could get along without him. Jesus is saying, no, you can't. No, you can't. I didn't just get along without you. You were in open rebellion against me. You flipped me the bird several times. <laughs> but I died for you. I made peace for you. I reconcile our relationship. Making peace by my blood. What are you going to give up for your brother or sister? Are you going to be like Jesus? Make peace? We're just going to avoid conflict. Two different things. Two different things. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, finally, brothers, rejoice. Because we should do this. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree <laughs> with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So what's God's design for brothers and sisters? Love sacrificially. Be condescending. You're going to remember that one. If you don't remember any of them, you'll remember that one. Be condescending. And make peace. Make peace. So seekers this morning, every week we, 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 we open this space. I want to make sure you understand what faith church is. Faith church is not just for believers who understand, know, and follow Christ. All right? Faith church is a group of people who are doing that, who are imperfect, who are flawed, who are making mistakes all the time. I know I am, and if I'm leading that group of people, you, you probably are doing better than me, but you're probably making some mistakes along the way. So faith church isn't about perfect people doing perfect things. But it's about imperfect people following a perfect Savior. And so when we're having this space, when we create this environment, when we, we engage with one another, when we're paddling, we're having a picnic together, whether we're just hanging out on a weekday, whether we're helping each other move, whether we're being here on a Sunday morning, whatever we're doing together, we should be inviting others in who are just like us. Messy, divided, imperfect, struggling people. And we should say, hey, I'm that. But what I'm not is living like it, living in that identity because I've been given a new one. And so we want to open this space up to people who don't believe or don't know if they believe yet, but to listen in and to hear the truth, capital T, <laughs> not a little one, not a truth, the truth, the only truth that says you want reconciliation, you want peace, you want life, not living life. It begins and ends and everywhere in between with Jesus Christ. So if that's you this morning and you're seeking that, you, are, you need peace between you and God and your, you and your earthly relationships, spouses, family, friends, whatever the case is, it starts and ends with Jesus Christ. He lived, died, and rose again for you. The older brother, not dying, not, not killing the younger brother, us or sister, us, but dying in our place to bring us home with him, to give us the full inheritance, more than we could ever ask for, making peace with us. So if that's you and you're ready to respond to that, we're going to give you a chance to do that in just one minute. Just one minute. Hang tight. For believers, for many of you, you may be the only Jesus followers in your family. Maybe. Some of you have a great relationship with Jesus. I 
Praise God for that. But for many, especially in our local community, you may be the only one, or one of two. Most of those you're related to are living out sibling patterns that are at best messy or worse broken. In living like Jesus, though, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to be an example of not just a better way of living, but really showing the only true way to live. So I want to encourage you, seek to do this, or continue to do this if you're doing it already, to live sacrificially for them. To humbly be around them, lowering yourself, even if you're the older Willingly serving, or if you're the younger and tired of being bossing around, willingly serving before the older has a chance to boss you around. And when possible, making peace, initiating that peace process. And in doing so, I pray that my prayer for you, and I pray your prayer is that through you, they're going to see Jesus and they're going to want to start a relationship with him because of their relationship with you. Because that's exactly what we're called to do. In every relationship. This week, focus on your brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen, that's truth, right? Amen means that's truth. There we go. Amen. All right. Okay, so let's pray this morning. All hands bowed, all eyes shut. We encourage you to do this, not because it's some rite, not because it's a ritual, not because this is a religion thing where, oh, man, if you pray, you've got to close your eyes and bow your head because that's ridiculous. Uh, it's not anywhere in the Bible. I can't find it. So we do this so that we uh, encourage people to be honest, <laughs> to be open, because it's hard. The decision to follow Christ is never or should not be a quick and easy one. It should be a long, hard, and thought-out process because it's going to cost you everything, everything. But in return, you're going to get more than you can ever can imagine. So if that's you this morning and you're ready to seek and find and accept and believe in Jesus Christ, the life, the way, the truth, this is how you do it. You just talk to him. Prayer's talking to him. So we're going to pray together. Dear Jesus, one, thank you. Thank you for lowering yourself to my level, that you didn't forsake me, that you didn't reject me, that you that accepted me. You love me before I even knew you. You love me now. And you're calling me to this new family. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me, brother, for messing up. Because I have. You know. But I just want you. I want to put my full trust in you and in nothing else living for you and no one else, experiencing life for the first time. Now, if that's you this morning and you said a prayer, that prayer or one like it, it doesn't have to be those exact words. Just you're pouring out your heart to God saying, here, I'm, I'm just ready for you, Jesus. If that's you this morning, as all heads are bowed, all eyes shut, just so everybody's not uncomfortable when we hear about it. Uh, for those in the house, I want you to slip your hand up and I want to follow up with you, all right? This is a awesome moment because you can you never know what's going to happen past this right it's going to be crazy as you enter this new journey uh, with jesus together for those of you online i want you to do one or two things you can either like or love a comment we're going to post or i want you to, to pee in the facebook page i accepted christ today or email us faithchurchvt at gmail.com say i want a relationship with jesus today i did this i said that today and i want more i want to know more we're going to follow up with you guarantee it not going to leave you hanging we'll be there It's a journey together. It's the best journey together. 
For all others, let's pray. And everyone else, as we close out the day. Dear Jesus, thank you, Father, that you, Father, are, not, are more than just God the Father, but, Lord, you are God the Son. You are the elder brother who took our place on the cross. God, we deserve death. <laughs> I am guilty as all others have been guilty before a holy and righteous God. And, Lord, you, you so love us, though, that you didn't leave us in our guilt but accepted us, made a way through the blood of the cross or through your sacrifice, Jesus, for us. So, Father, I pray that we love as you loved us sacrificially. Father, I pray, Father, that we condescend in our human relationships, especially with brothers and sisters, as you have done for us. God, I pray, Father, that we make peace. Make peace. Make peace. As you have made it with us first. God, and I thank you that we can do these things, not because we're special, not because we're super-powered, not because we're unique or, or gifted or talented, but because you've poured out your infinite love on us. You live in us. You say, hey, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. I'm going to give you the ability, the power to accomplish things you never could on your own. Even something as simple as loving your brother and sister. Making peace as I made with you. We praise you, Father, for that. I pray, God, that every single one of us leave here today ready to do that in our relationships, ready to live out that new identity in you, God, and show our brothers and our sisters who you are and how we live, love, and act in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you for bearing with me, guys. Let's say everybody, uh, we're going to stand and just say, hold on, let me close online out, and then I'll get you to stand up. First and foremost, thank you for being with us. Make sure you share, invite, uh, do whatever you can to get this out to someone you know who may be in need. Maybe you've got a brother or sister today. They might know Jesus. They might not. It doesn't matter. Share it with them. YouTube, Facebook, we're going to be, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. We're everywhere, all right? So make sure that you're giving that gift, all right? You're not giving anything that you've earned, but giving something you've received from Christ. Give it to them today, and prayerfully that leads to a conversation that's going to be a peaceful one a great one, one that's going to be needed in your life. So do that, and we can't wait to see you next week at 10 a.m. or Thursdays, 6.30. Please come. We encourage you to come here or be online 6.30 for Facebook for prayer meeting as well as we engage with God on a whole other level. It is great. Anybody can do it. I love doing it together. So come on Thursday, 6.30 as we do it together. All right, see you next time. Thanks for hanging out.